0: This is 50 Reasons to Visit Britain. where your hosts, Joe Donlin.
1: and Caitlin Potts. Coming up on today's show, we visit the two most southern counties in England.
0: Caitlin, overcome by the cuteness of an animal, decides to overshare again. We talk with Agatha Christie about her time in Devon.
1: Joe utters the word cute in a genuine manner.
0: And our tour for the reason gives you a chance to unpack, unravel, unwind.
1: Hi everyone, and welcome to episode 5 of our 50 Reasons to Visit Britain from Crystal Travel and Tours in Boston. My name is Caitlin, and on a recent trip to Dartmoor National Park, I found out no matter how much I love highland cows, they do not and will not love me back. We have the photos to prove it as well.
0: And I'm Joe, and Dartmoor National Park was nothing like what I expected.
1: In so many ways.
0: So many cryptic ways.
1: Cryptic ways. Each episode, we will be focusing on a new and exciting reason to travel to Britain.
0: As I'm sure you could probably already tell, today's reason number five is Devon and Cornwall. Now, many people would suggest that these should be two separate reasons, because Devon and Cornwall are two different counties in England, but they are both in kind of the same area or region. Um... And they do go well together because they are, you know, more than a day's ride from London, I guess. But you do need to spend some time out there. And when you go to one, you're not just going to go to one. You're more than likely going to go to both. So we figured we'd lump them both in together.
1: Absolutely. And um, speaking of these areas, a very popular name that always comes to mind when you are thinking of Devon and Cornwall is Agatha Christie
0: sure is. Which
1: brings us to our BuzzFeed quiz.
0: Thank God.
1: Oh, this episode. Joe's favorite part. We took a quiz, and the quiz was, what poison from Agatha Christie's novels would kill you? Now, I should say, Agatha Christie is originally from Devon, and so people can visit the area where
0: she lives. Makes sense.
1: Yes. So, Joe, what poison from Agatha Christie's novels would kill you?
0: Probably all of them, but... The one that I got in the quiz was Cyanide, which is a wow. pretty obvious one. Yeah. Pretty devastating one as far as I know.
1: Yeah, I would think so.
0: Yeah, I, I'm not that familiar with Agatha Christie's novels, other than I know she's very famous and wrote a lot of novels, I guess. Yeah. So I didn't realize Poison was such a huge theme in them.
1: But Me neither. But
0: it makes them interesting, I guess.
1: I got Conine, which I'm not familiar with. At all? Nope. Nope. But it says. Well it's gonna kill you. I know. That's why it kills me is I've never heard of it. So if I'm not familiar with it, then you know. Mm,
0: that's true. Yeah, you could ingest it accidentally. The
1: poison from Five Little Pigs, and Five Little Pigs is in caps. So I, is I guess that? That's
0: one of her novels.
1: <laughs> I was thinking that was a type of food that someone would give me. Was like that was like a UK dish. That's why. I was curious anyway the poison from five little pigs would be the one to kill you conine derived from hemlock would cause you cause death by respiratory paralysis
0: so whoever wrote this BuzzFeed quiz was a real genius altogether they
1: can't write the 50 Reasons no. podcast script okay. that's for sure
0: <laughs> apparently cyanide is found in cherries and apricots and almonds so wow. interesting there but in know. small doses it's fine it's only in the old lethal doses that it will you you know,
1: gotta watch out. someone like me you gotta be careful mm-hmm. you gotta be careful
0: Speaking of poison. Speaking of poison and
1: <laughs> drugs and things. <laughs>
0: <This> <laughs> what do you have
1: for crystal math?
0: This week's crystal math I'm going to take, believe it or not. So over two and a half thousand animals across 80 acres at Painton Zoo. The Eden Project is nestled in a crater the size of 30 football pitches. Wow. And my favorite and last bullet point that we're going to use, which is also some sub-bullets. If Devon and Cornwall were 100 people... Or whittled down to 100 people, I guess. 20 would work in tourism, which tells you why we're targeting this area. Mm-hmm. 8 would work in manufacturing. 5 would work in agriculture or fishing. 1 would work in mining or quarrying. Still going on there. And 66 would work in another job, believe it or not. <laughs> So there you have about 20% of people working in tourism. is pretty impressive.
1: That is pretty impressive, Mm -hmm. absolutely. The tourism industry is not a dying breed, ladies and gentlemen. Well, I did mention her earlier. Agatha Christie is from the Devon area originally. Greenway was the beautiful house of Agatha Christie and her family, located on the River Dart. The house is now managed by the National Trust and offers visitors the chance to step into the extraordinary life of Agatha Christie, all while enjoying the beauty of the area. Paynton Zoo is located in South Devon and is one of Britain's top zoos. There, you can roam around and see a variety of animal species. The Paynton Zoo is also a botanical garden, so there is something for any gardener to enjoy.
0: You a big zoo fan, Jordan?
1: I actually just said the other day, I have not been to the zoo in years and I would love to go... I just love, I want, what do elephants even look like anymore? I don't even know.
0: Probably the same as they have for the last million years or well, so. Well,
1: I better take a look and see, because what if they've changed?
0: What if they're not woolly mammoths? <laughs> what if they've developed from <laughs> woolly mammoths to elephants to something else in the five years you haven't exactly. been Exactly. Oh, it's yeah. been like
1: 10 years. Ooh, wow. Ish. Anything could yeah. happen in 10 Anything years. Anything could happen. What? But like, yeah. They're
0: probably least... a superhero elephants now.
1: Probably. Yeah. Do they wear capes? Maybe. I gotta go find out.
0: Big capes. that will be a whole manufacturing industry of its own. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, National Marine Aquarium is the UK's largest aquarium located in Plymouth, which we also went to last fall, didn't we, Joe? Mm-hmm. Broomhill Sculpture Gardens is home to over 300 sculptures sited on 15 acres of magnificently cultivated gardens. Visitors can stay in the late Victorian-style hotel with a twist or just go to check out the beautiful gardens. So you've got your animals, you've got your gardens, you've got your Agatha Christie. Perfect for all sorts of ad- adventures, right?
0: And you have bought a Plymouth there. And I yes. hope we don't talk about this later because I'm going to scoop it right now. In 2020, Plymouth is having a huge celebration. It is 400th anniversary of the Mayflower. Yes. Um. Yeah, 400th anniversary of the Mayflower. Very important time and they are already mm. gearing up big time and when I say already I mean they started two or three years ago at least yeah and are really building up and trying to get more people to the Plymouth area and Plymouth is alive with all sorts of kind of dedications to the people who traveled on the Mayflower and there's museums and there's everything else around there but it's also a great base to explore Devon and Cornwall And there is a nice gin distillery there, too.
1: There is, yeah. There really is a lot. I mean, if you just think Mayflower, which is obviously an amazing reason to visit Mm -hmm. in itself, but if you just think that, you're closing off a lot of other things you can do there. There's a lot going on. Mm -hmm. Moving on from Devon to Cornwall, the Eden Project is the largest indoor rainforest in the world and located in Cornwall. Some dubbed this the eighth wonder of the world, this truly is the entrance into the relationships between plants and people. They offer themed events, workshops, and much more for people of all ages to enjoy. Lannidrock is a beautiful, late Victorian country house with gardens, a wooded estate, and servants' quarters so visitors can truly get a feel for how life was for everyone on the property. The garden has 30 acres of woodland and was laid out back in 1857. You know, back in the day, Joe. Just of throwback Thursday type thing. This area is perfect for visitors to explore as the garden opens into an extensive network of footpaths throughout 900 acres of gorgeous countryside. I feel
0: like that's the exact kind of thing you would like to visit. You yes. To, like, dress up in an old Victorian outfit and hold an umbrella over your yes. head and take tea in the garden with your mother and stuff like I'm that. I'm thinking
1: very Alice in Wonderland, you know? Mm. Like... Everything kind of is Victorian always Alice Wonderland with you, though, I love Alice. Mm. Alice is great. Yeah, tea. The maybe smaller play some the croquet. cup of tea, the better, I'm the sure. The smaller the yeah. cup of tea, the better. The more flowers on the cup, mm. the more of designed. Course. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes, yes. So Tate St. Ives is an iconic art gallery overlooking the Atlantic Ocean. Tate now offers dedicated space to the history of modern art in St. Ives by giving key artists presence in the place where they lived and worked. I just think St. Ives and I think of the soap, which is so uncultured of me, Joe. I need to actually see this in person because Fair I feel like it's, Way cooler than some soap and you can soap. buy at Target for yeah.
0: $4.59. Is that how much it costs? I
1: don't know. I threw that out there. Um, Tintagel Castle is a magical place where history meets legend. During the Dark Ages, it was an important stronghold and most likely the residence of rulers from Cornwall. The 12th century writer Geoffrey of Monmouth named it the place where King Arthur was conceived. Oh boy. Ooh. Ooh. Because all of these legends were circulating, Richard, Earl of Cornwall, built a castle there in the 1230s. Wow! So it's
0: always funny how new things become tourist attractions. Yeah. Like somebody's birthplace is a genuine tourist attraction, but now it's like a conception. he was conceived <laughs> it's,
1: it's, it's there. It's like, man, oh yes, man! That's
0: that's what I want to see.
1: <laughs> Marvin Gaye, music please. Let's get it <laughs> on. <off. laughs> Just stop some, me. Hire
0: some college students, be <laughs> actors. <you> know? Oh, <laughs> this goodness. Is, this is what happened here 800 years This is years what happened. Ago.
1: This is what happened. All right. Hello, this is Amy. Pardon the interruption, but I would like to ask you all to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, and lots more. We would really appreciate your reviewing us on any and all of these, as that is the best way for new listeners to find us. Right now, we have a segment called Caitlin's Little Jack Horner, which is cockney rhyming slang for Caitlin's Corner. In this segment, we give Caitlin some slang, and she has to guess what the translation is to proper English.
2: Today's slang
1: is garden fence. Garden fence.
0: That's what she said.
1: That is what, that's what she said.
0: that doesn't apply here.
1: Garden fence.
0: Yeah, and that's going to be your rhyming slang for this week, and we will get an answer from you a little Ooh. bit later. All right, I'm ready for it. We're going to move to some scenery in the form of parks and gardens in the Devon and Cornwall areas. Dartmoor National Park, located in Devon, is the country's gorgeous nature spectacular, covering 235,700 acres there is so much to do that there is something for everyone. And that is one of those overused phrases that they use in tourism, but it's very true. You can hike, bike, ride horseback, or swim throughout this stunning area. Now we have been to Darkmoor National Park, Caitlin, have we not?
1: We have. And
0: I say we for once because we don't usually get to travel together in these cases. Yes. But last year we got to visit, right?
1: Yes, we did. In November to be exact. We what
0: had was your it. what was your impression of Darkmoor National Park? Oh my Park?
1: gosh. Um, I know you said earlier that it wasn't what you expected, um, but you have different reasons behind your explanation for me. I didn't know what to expect. Um, you know, you hear the terms beautiful, pretty, this and that, you know, thrown around a lot in tourism, but to be there, it felt like something out of a fairy tale. And it felt, I don't know, it kind of reminded me of the Chronicles of Narnia or something like that. It was just so spectacular and magical. And such yeah. a, such amazing
0: history, too. So what I was expecting was, I knew the Hound of the Baskervilles was conceived there, speaking of the <laughs> theme of conception. I know Sir Arthur Conan Doyle had that in mind when he was writing about the moors of Dartmoor and whatever else. Hmm. And to me, I assumed that that meant flat, foggy land that was, like, always almost dark and dreary and whatever. And that can be cool in its own way. Sure. But the Dartmoor I saw was completely, completely different to that. It was more in the Lake District mould and it was pretty and there was winding roads and there was really cool hills and awesome scenery and lots of green and which I was surprised by but it was it was beautiful and we had the hike we had um in the morning. That morning I won't give much away, but it was it was really cool, like just to amazing. get out and to be able to just stop on the side of the road and walk oh, up a hill. yeah! Go, oh, this is so cool and there's this old fairy fort or kind of old settlement from thousands of years ago that's still kind of
1: and to think about the people who once lived there i mean it's it's pretty i mean it's a steep there are some steep hills and everything and you think about people living you know in the elements pretty Mm -hmm. much i mean you know
0: hanging out with their highland coos
1: yeah yeah and their and their sheep you You know i mean to
0: see some highland coos that morning though, didn't you
1: yeah, I talked about them I, in the I beginning. Know, but
0: that was that morning, right? It was that
1: morning, yes. Mm-hmm. And I loved them ever so. they will never love you. They will never love me. There's a picture of me, and I'm like so proud. I'm I'm pointing towards and the car them, and I'm was giving her the finger. They're running away from me. <laughs> yeah, they're flocking away. Like get away. We don't like you, weird lady. If they could
0: speak human, they would be saying the f word. Absolutely,
1: in her very loudly too.
0: Treba Garden in Cornwall is a beautiful subtropical valley garden with fantastic views of the sea and access to a secluded beach right on the Helford River. The gardens are open all year and were planted with this in mind so there is always something vibrant and colourful to enjoy no matter what time of year. The Tregothnan Estate is different from the other parks and gardens in that it is a private garden only open to public on selected dates or through a private visit. It is totally worth the visit since it has been home to the same family since 1334, and is the UK's only tea garden. Mm, wow, that's cool. Sounds like a Caitlin Potts place to be. Oh yeah. There's also a manuka honey plantation, which is the only one outside of New Zealand. Hmm. And as if that is not enough, it is dedicated, <laughs> designated safe site for rare and endangered tree species from all around the world. A little bit like the burn in I just Ireland.
1: Picture like. Plants flocking there, like, don't worry, you're safe here. It's okay.
0: <laughs> Noah's Ark of plants. Yeah. The Venus flytraps sipping from tea and stuff like that, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So weird and wonderful, else in Wonderland World.
1: Absolutely.
0: And we finished the last episode with picturesque spots, and we kind of liked that. So we're going to do the same again with this one. The Lost Gardens of Heligan are one of the most famous botanical gardens in the UK. The Lost Gardens of Heligan belonged to the Tremaine Estate throughout the 19th century, but the gardens required a greater staff that could not be hired during World War One, so it fell into disrepair. It wasn't until the 1990s that a distant relative of the Tremaine Estate tried to bring the gardens back to life. And today, the gardens feature everything that they were once so renowned for. And that is one of my favourite things about these kind of houses, And having watched something like Downton and understanding how difficult it must have been to keep up them estates during kind of the hard times in the early 20s where all the aristocracy was kind of falling away and all of these houses were falling into disrepair. And now, yeah. since the 90s and in the 2000s and whatever, a lot of these houses are being restored to their former glory, which is kind of really cool. Definitely, The Jurassic Coast is a wonderful stretch of coast that covers part of East Devon and Dorset. Some parts of the coast look like something you would find in the Mediterranean and truly showcases the rugged beauty of the area. Exmoor is one of the two stunning moors in Devon. Exmoor and Darkmoor, being both of them. Here you can immerse yourself in coastal cliffs, castles, waterfalls, rivers, and woodland. Autumn is the best time to get that great picture since red and orange hues fill the fields. One of the most photographed locations in Devon is Plymouth Hole. Here you can get great views of the red and white striped Smeaton's Tower, Plymouth Sound, Drake's Island, and more. The best time to come is in the summer when you can sit on the beautifully green grass and get the perfect shot.
1: The perfect.
0: If you're not able, just a, if you're actually a, e- oh yeah, it's not just me. E- yeah. You, you me. Perfect shot one. perfect. This is Instagram hashtag no filter kind of shot. Yeah. That's what we're talking about here. Oh yeah. Yeah, uh, the best
1: kinds of shots around.
0: Anything else about Devon or Cornwall, Caitlin? That you that piqued your interest while you were there?
1: Oh my goodness, so many things. I mean, it's as I said before, being there, getting the chance to walk around there, it just was incredible, incredible. Um, I know we drove around a bit and got to see just some amazing places, and it's it's one thing to hear us talk about it, but to actually stand in those areas.
0: My favorite wonderful. part of it is that we went there with. Not knowing all that much about it, to be quite honest. Mm. But because we get to travel in these ways and we get to go to these areas that we might not necessarily... You know, if I was going somewhere, I'd go, oh, I want to go to see the scenic spots. I want to see the ones that everybody sees. I want to see the Mona Lisa. I want to see the Leaning Tower of Pisa. I want to whatever. When you get to go to Devon and Cornwall, you get to see stuff that people do not get to see a lot of the time. And it is just as good. It is like you come back with... I think, better memories of these things and just really getting to know the crazy shit that happened in the mm-hmm. history of the area that people might not be aware of just because not enough people have traveled there yet to right. bring back the stories. Right. That's what's cool about it for me.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Okay, it is time for our interview, and yeah, for the fifth week running, our first choice guest was unable to make it. We didn't realize, but Agatha Christie has been poisoned and won't be able to make it with us today. Fortunately, we've got somebody who is even more passionate about the area we've been speaking about today. And that is Alex Graham, who owns a couple of tour companies in the area, Unique Devon Tours and Unique Cornwall Tours. And Caitlin is going to have a wonderful chat with him.
2: Good afternoon, Alex speaking. How can I help?
1: Hi, Alex. This is Caitlin from Crystal Travel. How are you?
2: Yes, very well. Thank you, Kate. Very well, indeed.
1: So we have Alex Graham from Unique Devon Tours joining us today. Alex provides tailor-made guided tours of the Devon region with an unparalleled passion and enthusiasm. Alex, we're so happy to have you on the podcast today. Thank you so much for joining us.
2: Hello, Caitlin. It's uh, lovely to be here, and thank you very much for asking me to come on and do this. Thank you.
1: Oh, no problem. No problem. Uh, Last November, some of us at Crystal Travel spent half a day with you touring the beautiful countryside and I, for one, I'm still talking about it. I know the rest of the team is too. We just had an amazing time and you just put together such a great day for us. Um, I was actually just talking about <laughs> with one of my colleagues. I was just talking about that Pie Street restaurant that you took us to in Totnes. <laughs> have you yeah. have you been there recently?
2: <laughs> yes, yeah, no. I I absolutely love going there. It's one of one of the many fabulous places that we have to eat and and drink at here. But uh, oh. actually, we love it so much. And my daughter, um, she had her twelfth birthday lunch there. So, really? Uh, I, I, yeah.
1: Oh, that's and, uh, perfect.
2: Uh, 8 Pie, which is what you do at Pie Street. <laughs> <laughs>
1: exactly. What better thing to do there, right? <laughs> I think so, yeah. <laughs> now, you have lived in Devon your whole life, correct?
2: That's right. Yes, yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. Yep. And how long have you been a tour guide?
2: I've been a tour guide for nearly five years. So. Okay.
1: Wow. Very good. Very good. <laughs> so now... In your opinion, um, I know, you know, from experience being around you that, you know, you love the Devon area. In your opinion, what makes Devon special?
2: I think uh, Devon, it's what's special about is it it has so much variety. So I I truly believe that when I have guests come here, I have something for anyone to show them. So there are so many different kinds of landscape here, so many Mm -hmm. different aspects of history, so many famous people have come here from the past, people like sure. Agatha Christie, Sir Francis Drake, Walter Raleigh, Lot, lots of um, sort of interesting people to hear about. You have so much Bronze Age history up on Dartmoor National Park. You have Roman history in Exeter. You have seafaring history in Plymouth. And Absolutely. Hartman. And uh, and, uh, and really, it's I, I truly believe this, and I know lots of people could say this, but I think Devon is possibly England's most varied county, uh, okay. so, and one of the tours that I do, for instance, it I call it my best of Devon tour, and it really mm-hmm. shows off people just how much variety there is. So we spend half a day on Dartmoor, which uh, you got to see. There's a yes. wonderful national park with wild ponies, Bronze Age history. So many different aspects to it, and then then we head down to the South Devon coast and we see the beautiful coastline, the beaches. We hear about some of the history, including World War II history with an American connection. And, yes. uh, and we go to Dartmouth, where, of course, in 1620, the, uh, the Mayflower stopped on its way across to America. So, uh,
1: Yes, uh, which is amazing, amazing.
2: Yes, and I've only just touched the surface in terms of what there is to do here when I've just said those few words.
1: <laughs> wow. And I, for one, um, I had... Incredible experience the whole time um when we were touring with you, but especially going to plymouth because um and I'm sure Americans you know listening to this um will appreciate you know the whole obviously the the mayflower connection um and I have ancestors that um date back to actually coming over on the Mayflower, so it was such a cool thing for me you know to get to see where they they left you know and took off for the new world, so just incredible, incredible, yeah um. Yeah.
2: Yes. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Um, We're building up to uh, the year 2020, which will be the 400-year anniversary of the uh, Mayflower leaving Devon. That's
1: right.
2: So it's going to be a big year. We're a big year. Huge celebrations. Uh, lots and lots of different uh, aspects to it, and I'll be um, launching a Mayflower tour soon as well. So that will uh, oh, be of interest to uh, many American folk.
1: Yes, you'll have to keep us posted on that as well. Yeah, let us know um, any details you have on that for sure. <laughs>
2: Absolutely. Yes, I will. I'll keep you well posted.
1: Great. Now I know this might be tough for you to decide um, because I know it's it's just such a beautiful area with so much to offer. But do you have a favorite spot to visit in that region?
2: Uh, It's a question I get asked quite often, and (laughs) if I was asked it every day of the year, I'd probably give you three hundred and (laughs) sixty-five different answers. So I, it really, if well, I'll, I'll explain. So if if I have a day out with my family, we we never really know where we're going to go until the day itself and and we just go with the mood so it might be down to the beach it might Mm -hmm. be down to the coast to go walking on the the beautiful coast path which runs all along the south Devon coast and all along the north Devon coast it might be to go up to Dartmoor to to walk up on the hills and see the beautiful views and the nature Uh, it could be over to one of the cities to go to some museums or go shopping It might be to go on a boat trip. It might be to go on a steam train. It's it's just so different. So I haven't answered your question at all. I apologize for that. (laughs) No, that's quite all right. Yeah. I mean, I have just where I live. I walk from my house. We go across through beautiful rolling green fields and past the woods, and we go to an 800-year-old inn, and that's just from our back door.
1: Oh, my gosh. That's incredible.
2: Yeah, we're very lucky here we have uh, to see and do so much variety.
1: Wow, wow. And I know you offer um, a wide variety of themed tours as well, right? Like some genealogy, some literary tours. Can you tell us more about that?
2: Yeah, well, possibly one of my most popular tours that I offer is a a genealogy tour. So that's uh, basically Mm -hmm. for people whose ancestors came from this area. Uh, Mm -hmm. Maybe they left in the 19th or the 18th or sometimes as early as the 17th century, such as your ancestors. Sure. And, uh, And then we... We go to different places that uh, my guests' ancestors came from. We visit the villages. Sometimes we find the, the house that their ancestor lived in. Sometimes we find the headstones of, uh, of their loved ones. So, uh, wow. A lot of churches, and we really just get a feel for the area that uh, their ancestors came from. And uh, Devon, by our standards, is a big county. So uh, when Mm -hmm. we do a family history tour, it's uh, often a voyage of discovery for me as well, because uh, there's so much of this county and bits that uh, I haven't been to yet. So it can be great. Very cool. There are places. Oh, definitely. Chip Shop and Black Dog. And there's even a village called No Man's Land. So uh,
1: Really? <laughs> yeah, it's
2: a good about sort of just how isolated some of these places are. So that's the
1: Oh absolutely one of
2: the popular tours. But uh the um another popular tour is the, the Agatha Christie tour that I offer. So, okay. Agatha, the um, the world's best-selling female authoress of all time, she came from this area. So, I do a full-day Agatha Christie tour, going to the places that she used to go to as a child and a young lady. And we, we visit the house she owned as a as an adult, uh, which is a very wow. beautiful national trust property called Greenway. Uh, okay. So that, that, that's a great literary tour. We do a, I offer a Hound of the Baskervilles tour, which is... Yes. All about the story behind the story of this most famous of detective novels, obviously Sherlock Holmes, and uh, that's a really uh, a tour that I love doing because it's very personal to me because I actually have a, a very strong family link to the story. So,
1: oh, really?
2: Quite a special tour for me to offer.
1: Oh, very cool! Yeah, absolutely.
2: But uh, amongst the other tours that I offer, I do a food and drink of Devon tour, which is. Uh, Celebrating the wonderful food and drinks that we produce here. Uh, I mm-hmm. offer ghost, myths, and legends tour, which is uh, all about uh, sort of spooky side of life, and, uh, <laughs> and many other tours. So uh, yes, wow. And the strapline of my company is tailor made for you. So it's it's all about sort of creating a tour uh, for uh, for the individual guest based around absolutely. Their brand. And
1: that's that's so great because, you know, you can make it whatever people are looking for. So people can come to you and say, this is what we want. You know, um, can you spend some time with us? And you're so good about putting that together. So hats off to you for sure.
2: (laughs) Thank you. High five back.
1: (laughs) Why, thank you. Across the pond, right? (laughs) Absolutely. It's not far. (laughs) Exactly. Not too far. Now, um, in terms of your tours. Are they all year round? What's what's the time frame
2: like? Absolutely, yes. I mean, I think apart from Christmas Day, uh, yeah, any day is good. Any day is good. Wow. So, uh, yeah. Absolutely.
1: Okay, great. I, and then uh, group and size.
2: And, uh, oh, group size. Group size, well, yes. I, uh, I can fit, uh, comfortably fit, Four people in my car. Uh, I can okay. six people. The legroom's is a little bit reduced in the back, but uh, I have done <laughs> tours for up to over thirty people, um, so I can do bigger groups, and then we we just have to hire a we have to hire a bigger vehicle, and uh, and that's that works well as well. So uh, yeah, okay. I can do pretty much anything.
1: Perfect, so, perfect.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: Was there anything you wanted to say?
2: I guess it's just to say that uh, obviously. Uh, you know, it's really important to me that my guests have a have the best possible experience, and I think that's uh, something that's reflected in the TripAdvisor reviews that I have. So at the moment, yes. I have 170 reviews on TripAdvisor, and they're all five star. Something I'm very proud. Wow. of. Wow! Um, Gratefully so. Yes. Yeah, and I've also been shortlisted this year um, for the Wanderlust World Guide of the Year awards, and that's uh, oh, down to the last. Oh wow! Month. Down to the last ten out of over four thousand all around all around the world. So, uh, that was oh my
1: gosh!
2: So, Good
1: think, for uh, you, Alex. That's, yeah. Yeah.
2: Hopefully, any guests that come my way will uh, experience the same level that uh, all my previous guests have had. So,
1: yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I remember saying to you, you know, during our tour with you, I just it was so entertaining and informative. And you know, I mean, you can't beat the scenery and the history. So the whole thing together is just. Fabulous, fabulous. Really good stuff.
2: (laughs) Yeah. So uh, yes. So anything, anything else? Uh, I'm, you know, I'm very open. So if people want to contact me and uh, ask for, uh, and ask any questions or find out more about my tours, uh, then please they, they can get in contact. My uh, website is uh, www.uniquedevontours.com, and uh, my email address is alex@uniquedevontours.com. So uh, yeah, they can get in touch with me and uh, Perfect. I'll absolutely do everything I can to help.
1: Wonderful, and we'll share that in our um, show notes as well. So anybody listening, um, they'll, they'll have that information as well on their screen um, when they're uh, listening to the podcast. So there you go. Um, just one last question for you. In the spirit of our show's title, uh, we've been asking everybody this. What is your favorite reason to visit Britain?
2: My favorite reason to visit Britain is the... Depths of culture and history and the beautiful scenery.
1: Perfect. Perfect.
2: That's that's more than one reason, but uh, I can't. That's
1: okay. (laughs) We'll we'll allow it. (laughs) That's quite (laughs) all right. Thank (laughs) Thank you so much, Alex. It's been a pleasure talking with you, and uh, we really enjoy everything you do, so keep up the good work.
2: Lovely. Thank you, Caitlin. Thank you very much.
0: Caitlin, we've given you some time.
1: Garden fence, was that it?
0: Garden fence.
1: Garden fence. Okay, so it's going to probably rhyme with fence.
0: I'm I'm not telling you.
1: I'm not asking you. (laughs) Oh, no, no. Um, Fifty pence. Hence.
0: The fog rolling across Dartmoor National Park is... Garden fence
1: Garden fence Dents
0: Nice Yes I have to stop giving you clues All on my own
1: All on my own
0: Gotta stop giving you some clues <laughs> i probably use that in a really bad way as well It's probably just saying that somebody is really stupid Is probably what it's supposed to be But I wanted to give you a fighting chance To well, keep this you. 50-50 record alive thank You Thank know? you, I
1: appreciate it It's much, much appreciated You know what else is appreciated, Joe? Is Britain Unwritten or hidden gems How do you like that? Tolman stone is a large rock with a circular hole through the middle of it. There are legends stating that anyone that climbs through the hole will be cured of rheumatic disorders. It has also been linked to purification, healing, and fertility rituals. Porth Joke, known locally as Poly Joke, is an overlooked, unspoiled, sandy beach located in a deep cove between headlands. Access to Porth Joke is fairly limited, but is the price worth paying for the peace and quiet you will get while there?
0: Poor joke sounds like some cockney rhyming. Sound, I was gonna it? say <laughs> that,
1: it does.
0: I do also remember yeah. I, I had something else to say about Devon and Cornwall. Do you remember last week I spoke about a lunch I really enjoyed? Yes. yes. This week I would also two like weeks to weeks ago. Speak Joe. About, two weeks ago. Sorry, two weeks ago. <laughs> I, I had a really enjoyable lunch in Devon as well. <gasps> yeah, you remember it. It was yeah. just the pies and yes. We have a tour for the reason this week, as we always do. This one is very Devon-centric. Devon and Cornwall, I guess we'll we'll allow it. Um, we call this one Unwind in Southern England. Another brainchild of yours truly. <laughs> I noticed that people like to spend three nights in places because it gives them a better chance. They don't have to live out of their suitcase. They can... Actually, unpack and un- unravel and, and unwind. unwind yep. While they're there, and not be under pressure. Going, oh, I have to get up in the morning, get breakfast, get in the car, and drive two hundred miles to the next destination. This is you can do your day trips and use as a base. And yeah, there may be one day where you have to do a lot of travelling to get to your next destination, but it's totally worth it if you can fill it in with a couple of little stops. Mm-hmm. So with that one in mind, and with the fact that a lot of people want to add London as a kind of a, an add-on to their other tour. A lot of people will go to Scotland and say they want to go to London for three nights or whatever. I have included three nights in London and three nights in Devon for this tour. So I'm not going um, to say much about London. There's a ton of stuff to do there. We all know that. We've said it before. We will talk about it a lot more in the future. But from leaving London, you can either take the train to somewhere in Devon depending on what you want to see, or you can get picked up by your chauffeur there, your chauffeur who we spoke with in the interview, hopefully. And you can be taken through Bath, which is a a great city to even just to get a quick stop in for lunch. Yeah. And head to Bobby Castle. And it's very rare that we include the name of an actual accommodation because not only can we not guarantee that it's going to be there but we you know we, we can change and we depending on budgets we can we can suit anybody's needs. but if you want to spend three nights in the lap of luxury in a really really nice area of Devon or England in general and you want to you just want that luxurious trip where you don't have to worry you can have Alex drive you around and use Bobby as your base. Bobby will treat you so, so, so well.
1: Yeah, you'll never it's be a, bored there either. It is
0: a wonderful castle hotel. So much at, to in do. In the middle of Dartmoor National Park, or very close to the middle anyway. And there are so many activities on site, but also there's so many day trips you can take from there. There's just, everything we spoke about is within reach from there. And the food is phenomenal. The, the public space is everything, so we can't say enough good stuff about that absolutely that's the tour it's just a simple two stops london and Bavi. and it it gets you to see most of of southern england so yeah
1: yeah it's amazing i can speak mm-hmm. from experience we both pretty I much had so. that exact tour yes. with a few stops in between but yes mm-hmm. yes Moving on to my favorite segment.
0: Moving on to Caitlin's favorite segment. We It is Caitlin Cares or Caitlin's Cute Animal Reaction and Excitement segment where we pick an animal that you may see, may or may not see on the particular tour as part of the particular reason. We show Caitlin a picture. She gets very excited (laughs) because she likes animals a lot, especially (laughs) if they're cute and furry or fuzzy or whatever.
1: All those things.
0: Is this week going to be the week you get to see a Highland Coo, Caitlin?
1: (gasps) Yes, yes, please, yes, please, yes,
0: please. Oh, it's a baby bunny. It is not a Highland Coo. It's not, but it's a bunny. She is undeterred. Ooh, Even I can see
1: that's a cute bunny. I'm waving to the bunny. He's not waving back, but it's okay. We had a baby otter last episode. Yeah. Are we just doing baby? I'm okay, but we just do babies. A baby Highland Coo would be friends with that baby bunny.
0: See the baby no and crews are not hairy enough though, that's the problem. I don't
1: even care. I don't even care. I'll put a wig on him if I have to. I don't even care. Look at how cute! Oh that has little ears. What's he doing?
0: What's he ready for?
1: He's ready for an adventure. He's not sure. He's waiting for the school bus, I think.
0: Oh, is that it? <laughs> yeah. I that don't makes know. a lot of sense actually, yeah.
1: He needs his bunny backpack. <laughs> I've seen pictures on Pinterest of this, I'm not even kidding, of like a bunny wearing a backpack. Uh,
0: It looks like we got this from SqueaksandNibbles.com. which sounds like a good website. This
1: reminds me of a shirt I have. I sent the picture of it to, I believe, Sabrina the other day. It's a shirt that's pink. I got it on sale. It's got a bunny riding a bike. And in the basket on the bike, there's a little bunny. It's so cute. Like a bunny with a bunny. It's just adorable. It's it's, it's a cartoon shirt, and I never wear it, only when I'm at home and nobody's around. But...
0: Very exciting. I'm oversharing. I'm glad you had a story for this little baby bunny.
1: He's a baby bunny.
0: Yes. And we will. Share, and there goes
1: my dating life we'll as well. Sh-
0: <laughs> we'll share the little baby bunny in the show notes. All right. per usual.
1: Okay. Very good.
0: Want to send us home, Kitten? I
1: think I will. So we hope this episode wasn't too corn, Wally. You'll want to dart more over to our next episode on Pembrokeshire coming out on September 4th. If you haven't already, you'll definitely want to subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts.
0: Until next time. Until
1: next time. Cheerio.